Can you hear me now? I can hear you a lot better now, yeah. I don't know what the hell is going on. When I switched headphones, for some reason, it wouldn't give me, wouldn't let me talk. Well, I think we should probably just go with this because I can hear you pretty clear. Like, how do I sound? Am I fine? Oh, yeah, yeah. A little loud and clear. Okay, cool. Good deal. Yeah, go ahead and start it out, and I'll, I'll rattle off some of these things that I picked up, and we'll see how it goes. Okay, so we're going to act like that last 30 seconds didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to start it as if we just picked up right now. Right. Okay. Welcome to the podcast that explores mysterious disappearances, bizarre worldly occurrences, strange phenomenon, and basically everything that's weird. My name is Anthony, and I'm here with Brandon, and tonight on Everything That Is Weird, we're exploring a story that I've never heard of. <laughs> That's what I brought you. Right. Um, this is this is very interesting. I've never come across this on anything online. I'm, I'm on Reddit quite a bit, looking at things like this. I don't know if you know, but I do write screenplays, so I'm always looking for weird ideas and things that I can mix into stories to make them more interesting, but I've never heard this ever. Right. It is weird. How, when did you hear about this? Uh, I'd heard about it a while. You know, I, 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 in my head, I think it was still playing from like Unsolved Mysteries, the, the old show. Okay. So that's the Robert Stack one. Yes. Okay, so I met Robert Stack. <laughs> he was, uh, it was like right before he died. And okay. he said, are you, uh, you here, you here to be an actor? And I, was, I said, yes, yes, sir, Mr. Stack. And he said, it's a tough town, baby. I said, yeah, it, it most certainly is. It most certainly is a tough town. You've lived by those words ever since. <laughs> yeah. First of all, that whole era of men have gigantic heads and ty- tiny bodies. What what is that all about? I, I don't know what what that is. I think it was uh, partially the hair, but nutrition. Uh, it must be. It hey, must be. I'm not wrong though, right? Right, right. Like They're... he weighed 150 pounds, maybe. Yeah. Right. And, and he had a monster head. Giant, giant noggin. Yeah. Good looking dude. I mean, he you know he was. I, he was before, right before he died, so he was old. I mean, he was in his eighties, I think. Yeah. When he passed, but yeah, what, I, I never did understand that. That's a phenomenon with World War II generation guys. <laughs> yeah. Um. So tonight we are talking of the mystery of the ghost blimp. Some call it the ghost blimp of World War II. Um, just a little back history before we get started. The This is a story about a blimp that was part of the Navy Airship Command. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and its crew went missing, and that is the mystery. They the, the ship is still there. It actually became repurposed and probably gave us Super Bowl shots from all the 18... way up to 82. Yeah. Right, right, right. Where it was decommissioned mm-hmm. and then um, donated back to the U.S. Navy Aviation Museum where it was restored to its state in 1942 mm-hmm. with the original control panel and all that um, and put in a new museum. Correct. And before this, this incident, it had done like over a thousand trips already with right. just with like maintenance and light repairs. That's, that's, it was a good ship. Right. And in, in general, the, these blimps that the Navy used, um, they didn't have a lot of maintenance. Mm-mm. Pretty much once you got them running, it was minor ma- minor engine maintenance, and hardly anything had to be done to the blimp itself. Right, because outside the engines, it was a box and a bag. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but they used these things. Um, they were observation craft, basically. Yeah, and the reconnaissance. Re- right, and the reason was because right when we got into World War II the Japanese had sunk a bunch of our ships, cargo ships, uh, battleships with their own submarine. Several of them. crew. Right. Yeah. Right. So this is before, of course, like nuclear submarines. They were able to spot them by like oil slicks. Yes. In the air. In the, from the air. Right. So they'd fun- also... They'd also that they also bombed a refinery in California around um, I think Santa Monica. Yes, where they they that was like the first time that mainland had been hit since like 1812. Right, and there's also th- I might I might be speaking out of turn here. They attacked Oregon. That's possible. I didn't hear about that. I just knew that the. The reason for them commissioning, I think it was like 12 or 13 of those blimps, and they commissioned them from Goodyear. They were actually, these were blimps that did shows and stuff already before the Navy took took them over and repurposed them. But it was like 12 or 13 of them that they commissioned because of the threat of the Japanese off the coast and that they had bombed the refinery. I did, I did read that. I read that several, yeah, in several different places. Mm-hmm. That that was this was kind of the reason that they were using them. Mm-hmm. So sidebar: there's only been one sinking ever of a submarine sinking another submarine. Do you know that? Oh, really? Yeah, ever in the history. And I we don't have to get into that, but like, I just thought that was pretty interesting. There's all these submarines underwater, and they never fight. Except for the hunt for Red October. Except, except for when Sean Connery was Russian. That was the only one. <laughs> okay. So, there are these ships. The Navy commissions Goodyear to build these ships. Um, specifically, one smaller one, which is an L-8, which is what they are flying. Correct. 
And there, there's also a bigger one that they build, but that really doesn't have a place in the story and is used for other things, transport right. and things like this. Yeah. Um, so this L8, um, it, it wasn't just an observation ship. It also had um, a depth bomb, a 325. Two of them. Okay, you're right. Two 325-pound Mark 17 death bombs. Yep. And um, they were mounted mounted to the external rack of the blimp. So outside of, like, the... um, Not the cockpit. What do they call it? Gondola. The gondola. Correct. And also had uh, a 30-caliber machine gun, Mm -hmm. um, 300 rounds of ammunition. Mm Mm-hmm. Parachutes, yep. uh, an air horn, and yep. a full co- full control board um, with a megaphone mm-hmm. and a radio. Correct. So the day that it was going to take off, there was a heavy dew over top of the blimp. Yes. And it was weighing it down. So they waited for the sun to come up to evaporate some of the dew. But because they wanted to get out fairly early, they did not send the mechanic. Right. I was wondering if you caught that because I I actually didn't catch that in the first time I was looking through this. Yeah. So I watched a bunch of different YouTubes. Um, I've read a bunch of different articles on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and each YouTube thing, I pick up like something else. Right. Hardly anybody has like the complete story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this, on this particular, in this particular case, the mechanic ended up staying back, and the two, the two man crew left. Correct. And they were Lieutenant Ernest Duet Cody. Mm-hmm. And Ensign Charles Ellis Adams. Now, I feel like when people die, they use all three names. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but they were both Navy vets. Um, and they were both married. And they had exemplary service records. Yeah. Um, uh Lieutenant Cody's commanding officer was quoted as saying he was one of the most capable pilots and one of the most able officers under his command. Yes. Yes. He was super cool under pressure. Right. And, and previous to, he didn't have a lot of experience in the blimp compared to Adams who had like way more time in the blimp than he did. Like three times, right? Yeah. 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 So, He's, he's, he's got like 20 years experience and I think he logged over to, to 2,200 hours. Uh, Adams did the other, the ensign and Cody had only about 756 hours in a blimp, but he was going to be the, the pilot. And, uh, he had, he had actually just received that commission. Probably this was like his first flight as a, uh, officer, I believe. That's how it went. So he was a graduate of Annapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons why he received this was because he had done a cargo drop 
with a blimp right onto a navy ship in the water and there was high seas and it was bobbing up and down and yep. he was able to maintain um keep it steady a steady ship while they were while they were able to tether off and get the cargo off the blimp yeah okay so as far as anybody knows these two don't hate each other or they're they're not angry with each other and this isn't like um, you know Adams isn't Adams isn't mad at Cody that right. he's that he's the captain right, right. Um, it seems like they're all okay doing their job right this seems relatively routine yes this is something they had now okay it's Whose first flight is it with yeah. this particular one? Is it Adams? Cody. Adams okay, it's Cody's first one with this one. Yeah, I believe, or it might be Adams' first one with this model. Right, yeah. that's what, okay. So, another sidebar. You never take the first or last flight with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like a bank robber. Like if they're doing one last one. Yeah, you, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that. You're for sure going to get shot or you're going to get caught by the cops because you should have quit the last time so you never have the last one. It's like the start of every heist movie. <laughs> right. One more big score, Bobby. One more. One more. All right. Yeah, so... So here's another interesting side note. And I don't know if you were saving this gem, if you knew about this or not. Uh, apparently, uh, Ensign Adams had received accommodation from the German government because he was actually at the Hindenburg crash and helped pull some people off the Hindenburg. I forgot that. I did know that. I heard that. That was on one of the uh, one of the YouTube videos that I watched about yeah. this. So, so this he, could, he he's, he's been around. He's been around. He, like a blimp is his life, right? This is. I this mean, is, if he if there could be anything that goes wrong, he's seen it literally. Yep, yeah, yeah, he's seen yeah. it all. He has seen it all. Um, yeah, so these guys are, these guys are completely capable mm -hmm. of, of doing, um, this mission. Right. And it's, it's a very simple mission. They take off from Treasure Island, um, which is in the Famous. San Francisco Bay, right? Yep. It was about, it was, uh, it was 6.03 a.m. They said the winds were low. Visibility was about three to five miles, which is pretty good, and that their average ceiling would be around 800 to 1,000 feet. Now, it's important to know that over 2,000 feet, you start to have problems with blimp. The blimp has vents on it, so right. the pressure builds up because of the, um, the low pressure of the air. The blimp starts to blow up. It'll vent the air out at about 2,000 feet, at a little over 2,000 instead. Right. And that is in order to bring it down. But they have ballast on the on this blimp and it's 
it's so that they can get low to the water and yes. investigate anything that they see that's like out of line. Mm-hmm. But this thing, for all intents and purposes, is an excellent flyer. It's, um, you know, it has, you, you said before, over a thousand trips. It has typical maintenance, nothing crazy. Um, no, it was those- inspected like days prior, as well as the pre-flight. And it, it was deemed in fine working condition. Correct. So it takes off. Uh, they take off from Treasure Island. Cody is at, at the controls. Are you having a party? No, it's something, something going on. <laughs> uh, but you said the winds, um, variable, not, nothing crazy. Um, with the ceiling of 800 to 1,000 feet, slightly overcast, but the visibility was good at three to five miles. So I have a little bit of flight experience. Um, I have about 40 hours in a Cessna. So like if you can see three to five miles and you're only going up under 2,000 feet, you can see pretty far. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good sight line. And enough time to take everything into consideration. Correct. Um, they could see the Golden Gate Bridge, which was, which would be probably the biggest obstacle for a blimp, <laughs> right in that San Francisco Bay. So they're they're fine. Nothing's fine. Um, but they had there. they had southwest toward the. The Far the Farallon Islands? No, I'm not I'm not real familiar with where they are. They're they're in the San Francisco Bay, correct? I don't know exact I, I'm not super familiar with that that bay. Um, but I'm guessing that they're outside of like Alcatraz. Yeah, I, I I'm not familiar with it at all. So I was I think I have some of these places that I was even looking up, I, I I'll probably going to butcher the name because I don't, I've never heard of them before. Right. But anyway, they're positioned um, about four miles east of those islands. Um, he sends a message. Am investigating suspicious oil slick standby. Yep. And as we said, an oil slick indicated there's an enemy sub of some kind below the waves because there's some kind of exhaust. There's some kind of something propelling, uh, whether it's diesel or gas or whatever, there's, and it'll kick up fumes and fuel, and that right. basically leaves a trail. Mm-hmm. Um, so that this, was at 7.38 is the time I got that he, they had an exact time for that. 7.38, he radioed in that he was investigating the oil slick. And shortly after, at 7.42, the L-8 dropped two Mark IV float, uh, they were uh, float lights. They're right. uh, smoke-producing flare. Kind of looks like a bomb. Yes. Okay. And that, um, that is basically to mark where they are. Also to let other ships know that are in the area. Because there are other ships in the area, both private and military. Mm-hmm. Kind of that, you know, something suspicious is in the water. They don't know exactly what it is. 
they're investigating it. And in the meantime, here's where it's at. Um, so the Liberty ship, the Albert Gallatin, mm-hmm. saw the flares. Uh, they sounded their general alarms and everybody manned their guns because they were ready for this to go down. By a fishing trawler named the Daisy Ferry. Is that what it was? The Daisy Gray. Yeah. The Daisy Gray. I wrote it wrong. Pulled, um, pulled their nets because they thought they were going to drop depth charges. Um, so the Daisy Cray and the Gallatin crews, they both, they, they, they're on, the, they're on the watch. They have their, their guys are watching through their binoculars. Um, and the blimp comes down to about two or 300 feet, um, starts to circle and then starts to get lower and lower and lower to, till at one point it's at 30 feet above the waves. Yeah. As, as if they're like trying to look at something closer. Right, and the, the whole time they're they're being watched by both of those ships. And it's very important to know that the guys have binoculars. Mm-hmm. They're watching this airship blimp, and this is fairly common sight. Yeah, at that so, time. Yeah. At that time, because mm-hmm. that's who patrolled that that bay. They've already been in contact with air traffic control and they've spotted two guys in the gondola. Mm -hmm. So at least at this point right here, there's two people flying the ship. According to both witnesses at 742. Correct. Okay. Um, So they keep doing this. They, they're they're trying to see if they can spot a Japanese submarine or more fuel come up from underneath. Now, do you think that sounded like a natural thing? Like, where... <laughs> I mean, I guess with the times, but if you were like, okay, I need you to get on this blimp, and if you see a sub, kick this bomb off onto it. Basically, that's all you were doing was just releasing this bomb and hoping that you could hit the target from a. I don't know how much damage you do. I don't know if you can even do it. I mean, it's like (laughs) doesn't even doesn't even sound possible. But I mean, I guess if you, you know, I mean, I think in World War II they're like, screw it, (laughs) we'll try anything. (laughs) Like. Well, I mean, even today, they they try to use dolphins and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, I don't know. It. I think that technology was like, we have to figure out a way to use it for something. Right. And they were probably like, maybe they were like, oh my God, this is so unreal. Can you believe this? You know, maybe it was so new age for them that they were flipping out, but... I, th- I feel like nowadays, if you were like, I need you to get on this blimp and drop this bomb on a sub if you see it under the water, you'd be like, You get, de- <laughs> get decommissioned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
it does sound crazy. It really does sound crazy. Like, but I mean, there's you know, there's no technology. It's not right. like there's you know sonar. I don't know the history of sonar, right. but I can't imagine that it was good. No. GPS was non-existent, so it couldn't like, have been. It couldn't have been good if kicking bombs off a balloon was <laughs> right the more viable option. <laughs> it doesn't seem efficient. Well, there isn't. You know, there isn't a a blip crew now. Yeah. Right. Right. Little do they knew they could be called into service at any point. Right. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. So, anyway, they're hovering above about 30 feet off the waves, which, honestly, in the Pacific is not good. Yeah. The Pacific is rough, man. Right. Like, it is no joke, especially that area because you have, like, it's super. The reason that there's such big waves on the Pacific is because the shelf comes up super fast. So any small ripple in the middle of the ocean, by the time it gets close to land, it's you know, it could very easily kick it up 10, 20 feet. That's not crazy. And routinely, you know, Santa Monica and San Diego, routinely, it's 10 or 15 foot waves on the beach. And if you're out, you know, you're out, you know, a mile out off the coast, easy easy swells that big yeah um but nobody seems to they don't seem to like see them get hit by a wave either no everything they said it even when they pull away from that that level when they drop ballast and go it seemed like everything was in control so that's one thing i need to ask so the ballast are they sandbags i'm guessing i'm guessing they have additional weight they keep on there and then they get rid of it if they need to ascend quick Okay, but then they do, and uh, they head back to San Francisco. Which which got, it had me wondering, now I'm, I'm guessing, if it's small sandbags, then they can't be confused with the body, right? I mean, like, if they were dropping some kind of ballast weight. I mean, they're, they're, they're you know, back to, uh, you know, what guys weighed in 1942. Right. I mean, they're big, sand, they have to be big sandbags. Because, right. like, later... Some guy tries to stop it by himself, and he can't. Right. So they have to be big sandbags, but I don't know. I was I just know. wondering when I heard that, like, is there a possibility? Are they 90 pounds? I want to say they're 90, 80. If two 80. of those guys fell off the thing and they were like, they just dropped their ballast and they left, and it was really the two guys falling off the limb. I'm just thinking like any military film I've ever seen when they fill sandbags. Yes. They're like 90 pounds, right? Right. Like a bag of concrete. Yep. Which makes you want to say that I guess you have enough to pull those up. Why do you have to drop them? I don't know. I don't understand that. No. Okay, but they do. And they start heading back to San Francisco. And so their last broadcast is at 742. Uh, but since then, there hasn't been um, any kind of contact. I guess 820 is the, uh, the last. Well, 820 was when that's when they 
they were uh, the Navy was informed that they had been radio silent. Okay, you're correct. You are right about that. Right. So, so still seven forty two. So we got like it's forty minutes. They haven't said anything, which makes you wonder like why. Okay, they have to be on the. They have to be on it though. Because... Yeah, well, they they did, but the thing was, is they this was this was a, a problem that was common where they lose contact with the blimps. The the radio would uh, they would lose radio contact with them occasionally. So it wasn't they weren't the panic button hadn't been hit yet because they they this had happened before. So what they did was they had put out the word to keep for people to keep an eye out and broadcast if they see it. Now this is when they send that they send like the seaplanes or the float planes or whatever to go. Right at some put, point, put eyes yeah. on them. Yeah, and uh, it was about it was it, it was at ten forty nine a Pan American Clipper pilot um, spotted them over the Golden Gate Bridge, and he noted that nothing seemed unusual or out of the ordinary. It actually seemed under control and like it was heading back to the base. And it doesn't seem like you would just be able to blindly send a ship over the Golden Gate Bridge. You'd have to. Right. Because that, it's, it's. Windy. It's windy. It's huge. The Golden Gate Bridge is so massive of a structure that even though you're in a blimp, and I know it sounds crazy, but like, you should pay attention. Yeah. Because the towers. Of the Golden Gate Bridge, I don't know how tall they are, but they're tall. Right. I mean, they're easily they're easily a couple hundred feet off the water surface. Right. Um. They have a but, pain, painting crew for the Golden. Side note: They got a painting crew for the Golden Gate Bridge that are under, under constant employ. It takes them a whole year to paint it. They got. One direction and then you turn around and go back the other. God, could you imagine? Like we're almost done, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've I like to I like to think that they have a party. Like they just get <laughs> they just get smashed. Like they get right to the end where they're like they don't even need their scaffold anymore. Right. They're just kind of like standing under the bridge. You yeah. know? I would I'd like to be paint. I'd like to be the paint company that got the contract. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Selling them paint. It's like the uh, it's like the uh, scaffolding paint in New York City. There's a specific color that it has to be painted, and like only one company makes it. These guys are killing it. Yep. So the king, so the so the the seaplanes, they see them. Um, they they have eyes on them right after the. Um, Pan American Clipper pilot has eyes on them. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they report that they're they're west of uh, Salada Beach, and they see it going up to two thousand feet. Right, and I'm glad you said that name first. Okay, I don't know that I said that right, but <laughs> I do know I do know that at two thousand feet, that's a problem for the blimp. Correct. It's it's too much pressure on the balloon itself. So it's fair to say that that's probably the first time that the blimp seemed like something was going on. But still, between that time and now, nothing has been, nothing's, nobody's seen anybody fall out. Right. Nobody, 
there, there doesn't seem to be any kind of emergency. Um, they did drop ballast, but even that, it was under control right after they did that. They, they make their way over the Golden Gate Bridge without any problems. They're on course. Um, but right now, they go up to like 2,000 feet. And when they get to 2,000 feet, there's altitude valves that have fail-safes on them. And they automatically start to vent the helium out yep. as a safety precaution. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, you're flying a blimp. This starts to happen. You could use your engines to bring you below 2,000 feet. Yes. Okay, but that doesn't happen. No, they, they well, they, st- the, the people that, that reported seeing them close to the, uh, the three miles west of that beach said that they were around 2,000 feet, but at some point they started to descend before they disappeared into the clouds. Right. Okay, so, um, but all they said was that it started, it looked like they started to descend before they disappeared in the clouds and they lost sight of them. Okay, so then there's another guy that is driving. Richard Quam. Right. And he he is in the Navy. He's just off duty. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a seaman. <laughs> Aren't we all? And he, um, he notices that it's bent in the middle. Yeah, he takes a picture. Right. And that is confiscated. They take it. But I think that's the picture that we see, right? You can, Yeah, that's it. Um, so then about five hours after it left Tre- Treasure Island, uh, it approaches Ocean Beach um, about a mile south of Fort Funston. Um, one person hanging out on the beach... Um, noticed it's about 50 feet offshore and its motors were silent mm-hmm. uh, and it was sagging in the middle and it was broadside to the wind and at this point it's only about 50 feet off the water right so it like a balloon it briefly hits the beach um, its gondola hits the side of the hill Mm-hmm. Um, the engine, you know, scrapes along the propellers, bends the propeller, and it jammed right. mud into the uh, mud and grass and leaves into the uh, engine. Right, and then it kind of stops for a second, and then kind of picks up and goes again, and lands. It hits. On a- it- it hits and drop. One of the depth charges gets knocked off and falls down to the beach. Fall right. It, so, it drops one depth charge on the beach. And um, with the loss of weight, it gets back into the air again. And then hits uh, the Olympic Golf Club in San Francisco, the exclusive Olympic. <laughs> 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 uh, it lands on our golf club. And the same thing happens, right? No, no. It only lost the one dip, but as far as I know, it carried the second one all the way until it until it hit, until it landed. 
is what I heard. I heard it. The second depth chart was still on it when it landed. Finally. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and it was just, I think it just went over top of the golf club because what had, what it went over the, that's, they noticed, they spotted it. And then it made its way to the place where it actually finally came down. There was a small neighborhood that there was actually a historian that lived there. So he wrote on the incident himself at the time it happened. I don't have that guy's name, but, but, but uh, it, it, regardless, after it goes over the golf course, mm-hmm. um, on the beach. And I, this is another side thing. And I don't know if this is true or not, but a guy had tried to stop it himself with the tether lines. Hmm. I didn't hear that. Um, no, and of course it. You know, he had he couldn't do anything about it. Right. Um, and then it, it, it hits. It, I, I read that it hit the golf course, but of course, it's you know these are accounts almost you know eighty years ago. Right. Um, but then it heads toward Daly City, which is the suburb of San Francisco. Correct. And it basically just starts scraping roofs. Right. Um, and everybody's just kind of waiting for it to crash. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a guy washing his car. He was waxing it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which, I don't I mean, know why that part stuck luck. out so much in my head, right. but the idea that the guy's waxing his car. You think it's crazy that they're taking a blimp out to drop death charges on a subway. <laughs> How crazy is it that you're waxing your car and it gets hit by a rogue blimp? <laughs> <laughs> with a fucking depth charge on the side of it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> it's an absurd story. But the guy really, the guy went to save his mom. Every bar that that guy went into mm-hmm. for the rest of his life. He's like, I got one. I got one. I, I, <laughs> so I'm, I'm washing my car and I'm like, sure, it needs a wax. <laughs> That's every, and, every time you wax your car, isn't that the truth? It's like every he, time you wax your car. He's looking is. over his shoulder for a rogue blimp. <laughs> uh, so it ends up it it ends up so everybody they're kind of they're watching it. It's the slowest crash in the history of the world, right? And it does it crashes. Uh, right it's a power front. line. It hits a power line and crashes right in front of this lady's house. Yeah, and they said that the uh, the guy that was living there across the street from the guy waxing his car said he's, he, he doesn't know how it didn't catch on fire with all the sparks and stuff that were shooting off of it. Because right. uh, they said it was really possible for that thing to blow with a uh, gas pocket trapped. It, it, really is, it really is, because that is like the basis. Although it's a different, this is a helium blimp. Yeah. And the Hindenburg was a hydrogen blimp. Yeah, but there was something about a pocket of gas, I remember reading, that gets trapped up in the top. Oh, you can set it on fire. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there isn't... Plus I the mean, fuel. Right, plus the engine fuel. Which, by the way, they said it was the engines were they're full of fuel. Yeah. But uh, but honestly, not a whole lot of damage done. No, nope. they, uh, they fixed it right up. Sounds like. But they get down there. The you know the firemen are ready. They surround it. They immediately start 
they call it the envelope, which I guess holds like these fuel cells. Mm-hmm. They start slashing them open because they don't have any sign of Cody or or Adams in the condola. Yeah. But nobody took eyes off of it when it crashed. So it's not like they dipped out when it hit the ground. It, no, and they had a perimeter sort of set up. Yeah. Not like an official perimeter, but everybody kind of just made a circle. Um, and they had a bunch of people ready to help. Now, there was a couple reports. Let me go back because there was a couple of reports that I think a lot of people, and I probably myself included, threw out out of hand that people had reported being able to see people still in the gondola when it was in this uh, saggy balloon state where it, w- where it was clearly something was wrong. There was a young boy who said he had his binoculars and he could clearly see two people in the gondola. There was also a lady that said there was possibly three people in the gondola. <laughs> right. Um, but they couldn't, nobody could verify that. that I didn't bring that up because... Right. They said it could have been a stowaway. Um, I just I don't know how I don't know how you stow away on a blimp. It's not a big gondola. No, where do you go? No, uh, nowhere. Mm-hmm. So it crashes. Mm-hmm. It's down. They're in rescue mode, and up until now. There hasn't been any sighting of a ghost crew, mm-hmm. but as we said, like it's it's had it's had a journey. It's touched down on a beach. It got caught on a on like a plateau cliff thing. Yeah. Uh, hit a golf course. Yeah. Hit a couple houses, and crashed in a intersection where everybody was around. They immediately started cutting the thing up. Deflate it. Can't find um, the guys in the gondola. Um, two of the five smoke bombs are missing. Two of the parachutes are missing, but that's not crazy because, uh, or I'm sorry, all the parachutes were on board, but I was going to say I two, of all the, the two of the life the life vests were missing. Right, two of the life vests were missing. But that's not crazy because. They wear the life vest the entire flight. Right. Especially with their maneuver where they got really low. They would have been required to have them on. And those life vests aren't like... No, I don't know if you know this. Those life vests aren't like... um, They're not like yellow life... Or, you know, orange life vest. Mm. They're... They're these special life vests made for these pilots so that they don't have to look like they're flying a blimp with the life vest which right. they, they have a water trigger on them so they immediately when you hit the water whether you're conscious or not to pull the tab or not it it has a sensor on it um, and I think I, I don't know a whole lot about these but I think it's when they get wet uh, it triggers an automatic inflate hmm Okay, but those aren't there, but that's not a big deal because um, these guys should have been wearing them. Right. Um, there's a briefcase um, next to the pilot seats. Both the engine or the engines, as far as they know, after they looked at them, seem to be in working order. Mm-hmm. 
the ignition switches were on. Everything, the instruments were operating normally. Um, they had several hours of gas uh, left in the fuel tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all this evidence, what it comes back to, there's really nothing wrong with the ship. No, the, they, they did note that when they got, when they were surrounding the gondola, that the, the door was latched open and the radio was dangling out the door. Now, see, I heard both the doors were closed. No, they were, they were, they had a door that was latched open, they said. And I didn't hear anything about the radio. Yeah, and then the radio was apparently dangling out the door. Okay. So I'm, I'm imagining like one of the, you know, the handhelds with the big long cord. Right. And it was dangling out the door. I, I read that on uh, History Net. Okay, I didn't read that. I read that both doors were closed. Yeah. Which was, I, th- I, I thought was weird because that takes me back to uh, the, the guy that was the uh, Riley Hill, the uh, aviation mechan- uh, machinist mate that didn't get on the plane. Right. Now, there was like a quote from him I saw somewhere where he said uh, that he got off the plane and he latched the door and locked it and left and they took off. So he he said that he latched the door before they took off. Lat- latched it shut. I, I, from the way they were talking is apparently it latches open. Like I'm guessing like a hook to keep it from closing while you got it wide open. So maybe this goes back to the ballast. Do you have to physically drop the ballast like outside the gondola yeah and i think you have you might have to if he was trying to get like real dangerous like why would you not have a tie-off or something right no i mean like if that's really like the protocol yeah you got to imagine like even then i know like the quality of life for people they didn't really care but like even then you would be like well maybe we should tie off in case Right. You would have like a clip or something, right? It might be like, hey, Adams, hold my (laughs) (laughs) Hold that. I'm going to lean out and get like better look at this oil slick. (laughs) Hey, dangle me over there. This immediately went into my head when I was reading about this. You know, I'm I'm thinking to myself, okay, 30 feet off the water. Cody's looking for a good look. He just radio in, he's still got the radio in his hand. He's going over. Adams tries to grab him. They both go in the water. But they never find him. They never found him. They they searched the water. They couldn't find him. They uh and the 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 blimp after that incident was doing like they said like it flew over the Golden Gate Bridge. It looked like it was heading back to base. So there's also there there's also several vessels in the bay. I mean, it's not like... Yes. You're not in the middle of the Indian Ocean. There's a lot going on in San Francisco Bay. Not only like military maneuvers, but fishermen. You got people just out. Mm -hmm. um, And nobody ever finds these guys a life jacket, a body, 
ever. Right. But so, that, and it's 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 there's only a small window where people weren't reporting seeing it. Right. Very. An hour, it's an hour. Yeah. An hour or so. Like an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um. Which would have been but, in the middle of uh, from when they took off from seeing the the oil slick and they actually maneuvered back up into the air and were flying back towards the base. Because the Navy immediately, yeah. I mean, this isn't like they waited days. No. They imme- as soon as like this went down, they had probably already scrambled when they went radio silent. They did. They sent those uh, a couple seaplanes out to look. Right, but like I mean, as far as like on the water. Yeah. Okay, they, and that was never mentioned here. But like, regardless, right when they crash. There's an immediate search for the guys in the water. Yeah. So they have Coast Guard, they have Navy ships, they have planes, they they send out another blimp, um, but nothing. Yeah. Zero sign of these guys, and then they notify their wives that they were officially listed missing. Right. And the guy that's um, the Navy command. You know, he was asked if it was possible that this had been like an enemy attack because, you know, this is this is like the Japanese fear. <laughs> and everybody's like, is it possible that they somehow got up and were taken prisoner, um, you know, by a Japanese ship somehow? Now, now we're talking slick. Okay, <laughs> you're... T- you're trying to tell me that I'm going to go out and bomb a sub with a blimp, but there's a chance that these it, motherfuckers could get on the fucking blimp. And steal you. <laughs> and steal you. <laughs> that, again, that guy deserves a medal. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got him off the blimp? I was just joking. You think, you think the guy waxing his car has stories at the bar? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, have you ever captured two guys from a blimp? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Out of a submarine? <laughs> uh, it's not funny because they're missing. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is funny because... It is too soon. <laughs> it, it is funny because that was like a real question. Yeah. And the Navy officer, uh, the spokesman, he says it's highly unlikely that that happened. Right. And they actually have nothing satisfactory um, in the way of an explanation. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... they, they really don't. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's when, when government officials were honest, I guess. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> But they do they do a full on inquiry and they they keep searching for these guys, um, and then you know two days later they have uh, under this border this investigation uh, this guy Commander Francis Colonel he he basically says there's no fire there was no uh, submerged they there's no evidence that they dipped into the water. Right. And they had looked into the gondola to see if maybe, you know, like I said, a rogue wave came up and, you know, washed them overboard. But there's no evidence of that because everything was in working order. 
Mm-hmm. And if you get salt water on all, yeah, especially 1942 electronics. Yeah. There is, but no nothing you like that. Salt water on anything and you don't wash it right away, it stinks. So. Well, exactly. Plus, there, there's no like. Battle. It doesn't look like they've been in a fight of any kind. Um, it doesn't look like it's been hit by any kind of weapon. Um, and then they. They get all the witness statements from all the ships around. Nobody witnessed anybody falling out of the gondola. And in all, they pull like 35 witnesses, um, get all their answers, put them together. And they come up with the same thing. They have no idea what happened. Right. Because the only people that saw people associated with that blimp were people that said they saw two men inside the gondola. Nobody saw anybody jump out, fly out, no parachutes deployed. There was a, a couple people that said something about seeing parachutes. But that was yeah, never... Yeah, they were all accounted for on the ground. Yeah, that was not corroborated, plus all the parachutes were on the, on the gondola still. So then the press kind of ran with a couple theories. Um... Uh, some people said they were captured by a Japanese sub. Some people said they were spying for Japan and they were on a rendezvous with an I-boat to escape. Right. Some people said a stowaway overpowered them um, and then they all vanished. Um, some people said this was like an AWOL scheme. Mm-hmm. Some people said one guy murdered the other guy over a woman, uh, dumped his body, and then fell overboard. Uh, they kind of, the rogue wave theory was kind of never really uh, given any credit because, as I said, the electronics, everything on board was, um, seemed to be, they had no water damage. And then, um, and lately it's that they were taken by aliens. Right. Of course, it was like 1942, so nobody Rob- suggested that they were gay lovers and ran off together. Right. <laughs> Even though it was San Francisco, <laughs> wasn't the right time. They've been having brunch since 1942, right on the Farallon Islands, <laughs> just living it. Just li- I don't even know what's on. <laughs> Is there anything on the Farallon Islands? Volleyball, volleyball. Is, is that it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I've never even heard of them before. I didn't even know they existed. So I didn't either. But the main the, the main thing that people were were wondering was why did it stop at seven forty two? What was the you know, they, they say that they're going to investigate this oil slick and then all of a sudden that like zero communication after that. And then right. there's these series of weird um you know, occurrences that happen after that. Right. Um, now there is one theory uh, about a guy that's been investigating this since 2009, <laughs> and his theory is that the blimp had been secretly testing. Um, Sorry about that. It's all good. <laughs> experimental radar with microwaves. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? No, I did not. I had never heard that. 
And that they didn't really understand microwaves. And they got overpowered by them. And it had caused them to tumble out of the cabin. <laughs> like popcorn? That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> it set off their life vests. They started bouncing off the walls. But, you know, the Navy never said that there was any proof of that. But why would they? And yeah. nobody on the ground seemed to see that there is experimental... But I don't even know if they would know what they were looking at. Well, I mean, if we just got into a war, there's no reason why they would sell that. Right. But you'd think by now they'd be like, okay, here, the jig's up. Here's what we were working with. With declassified, like like the FOIA, the Freedom of Information yeah. Act, you would think that, um, yeah, there'd have to be something. Because even like, even Roswell which is like they've covered up and they've said like it was a weather balloon like even with the FOIA thing they've yeah. been able to like prove that they've been lying about the weather balloon thing there was a weather balloon like um, thing in Roswell where there was like an operation where they were working on weather balloons and it was to see the Soviet Union it was to get pictures of the Soviet Union to see if they were doing tests so they could hang it was basically to hang a weather balloon up there and take picture, picture like rapid pictures to see if they could spot a test over the horizon but hmm. they listed that as the whole reason that the Roswell thing blew up but there was actually some kind of crash of some kind in Roswell and since then They've kind of pulled back on the weather balloon thing with Roswell. I don't, do you know about that? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Okay. So, like, with that, there isn't anything that says that, um, you know, they were dealing with anything or working on any kind of experimental stuff that would have caused this to happen. Right. Even under that act, if it was aliens, they'd be right. talking about it, right? <laughs> right now. The full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> they're showing all kinds of stuff and we just don't even care anymore. I think right. it's hilarious. <laughs> There's um, so many stupid things going on right now. They're like, dude, launch all this shit right now. Right? Nobody's really... paying attention. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? Nobody even cares. No, they don't. Nobody, nobody's paying attention at all. They're like, here's all this alien proof we have. And they're like, just... you believe we don't have to wear a mask now? Or we have to get vaccinated or we don't have to get vaccinated. That's all I know. It's like everything that's going on right now, they were like, this is the time. Here's when we do it. I and uh I have a fantasy football league my all my all my buddies in California and uh they I swear to God, we say it all the time. We're like, everybody's like fighting about this stupid minutiae. Yeah. about like whether you should get a vaccine or not get a vaccine or wear a mask or not wear a mask or who's is the Republicans or Democrats like they're, they're fucking aliens <laughs> yeah they show us, <laughs> they're showing us the pictures guys they're, they're asking us for help you're gonna break down their doors to get this information and they're just giving it to you and, and now you're looking. like yeah yeah aliens yeah, I'm yeah. not getting the vaccine are these aliens vaccinated? <laughs> Were they in Wuhan? 
<laughs> That's what's going to happen, too. I know. I know it is. Um, but this is where it ends. So this, it's very incomplete. Yeah. But but what but where it ends is the the Navy has, um, they have no explanation. There's no reason after they look into like their like what was going on in their immediate lives. Yeah. That they had any reason for any kind of voluntary abandonment. Um, no. These guys, like, there's no. Um, accounts that these guys didn't like each other. Uh, there's no, uh, there's no evidence that there was some kind of fight, or even that one of them fell overboard. I don't even know if there was any evidence that the guys even really knew each other that well. They didn't, you know. So I mean, that's why they, they did. They right off the bat, they kind of threw out the, you know, the love triangle. Right. I mean, it would have to be something where, unless you were taking that first flight. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself there, Adams. Well, I've been banging this girl on that side. Her name's his wife. You know, right. Insert his wife. Yeah, name. right. Sarah, you say. Huh? You son of a bitch. Yeah, she's a filthy whore. You know, next thing you know, <laughs> life jackets are exploding. But as far as they know. <laughs> right. That didn't happen. Yeah, there was nothing there. So it would have had to have been instigated in flight. And I just can't see something that be so big of a deal that two guys would kill each other over something they just heard, you know? So, I don't know, man. Today, I mean, if you told me today you put two people in a fucking gondola... And they killed each other. It could have been over whether they were fucking, like you said, wearing a mask or who they fucking voted for. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those right. two people could kill each other. But back then they were like, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't believe that you, like, you, you know, like one of the guys from an Apple, they're not even the same age group. Right. I mean, the odds that they would have any kind of anything in common. Plus they were both married. Yep. Yeah. You know, he was a Hindenburg hero. Yeah, I just. (laughs) And and it's for all intents, it sounds like uh, Lieutenant Cody was like, you know, gunning for the skies there as far as he's trying to climb that ladder. Yeah. So why? So why would he? He wouldn't risk his career, right? They said even they even think that he he came showed up with a mustache thick mustache so that he would appear older right you know so he it sounds like he was he was he had aspirations uh you know being going up and up and up in the navy in the ranks so it doesn't make sense to cut his career short it's kind of like our last discussion where you got all this stuff going for you it doesn't seem like you just cut bait and run so I think for both of them, you know, I think this was like uh But like if me and you are in a blimp, you yeah. fall out. I mean, I'm a good swimmer, but I, I don't I, I don't know if we've ever been swimming together. But like um <laughs> you know, we're in the ocean, I'm not gonna help you. <laughs> like I if you don't know how to swim, I would take the the other life vest it was I don't know if there's a life raft but I I would imagine there is a life vest 
Yeah. Or I'd be like, pull your life vest. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, because like, what am I gonna do? Tread water with you? Now the bay, I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure the bay is shark infested waters. Yeah, but still, man, you got clothes. You got, you got, I mean, it's rubber was used everywhere. So like those things, I'm sure were rubber. Right. But I'm just um, saying, I'm saying like if you fall in, and I'm like, there's sharks. <laughs> You know? <laughs> if I you're jump not, down, you're too, not I'll die. <laughs> right, but you would immediately. I mean, I would. I would say, you know, I got a man overboard. Right, right, right. You you would be on the radio immediately, and I'll at least get you know one of the ships with the dinghy, and probably <laughs> possibly you'd be throwing out more flares. Probably, you know, and you maybe would. one of those death charges to scare the sharks away. Right. <laughs> You know, give it a good kick. But there's nothing wrong with the ship. No, it goes back into, um, it goes back into circulation. Yeah, and it it, it continues uh, as a training vessel until the end of World War II, and at the end of World War II, they sell it back to Goodyear. Yep, and Goodyear used it for a long time. As like that aerial shot that you get when you're watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. And at that, <sighs> at that time, I mean, by the time it got retired, it would have been filming from the sky. So a lot of people compare it to the Mary Celeste, the ghost ship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just discovered floating unmanned right. in the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And still people still freak out about it today and as you said it was on unsolved mysteries right um but we're not talking about a ship that wasn't i mean that's like a ship that just appeared with its crew missing as opposed to a ship that was seen almost its entire flight right i don't know the full story of the mary celeste but it went missing it had and then just turned up years later right just floated this is an hour and a half later now that in that that could be as simple as that boat pulled up onto a beach and the boat got swept away in a storm while they were on the shore or something. You know, you never you, just, you never know. There's a thousand possibilities there. There's not so many possibilities here with this blimp because yeah, and, and those guys are in Barbados or right. So and, and 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 there's any un you know tons of things that could happen out on the ocean where storms could break out and swells and you know all these things that could happen that didn't happen that day with the blimp because it was an observed day and nothing crazy happened all day it's not like a storm blew in or high winds or anything like that so I'm at a loss it- man I'm at yeah. a loss. I, I have. I'm sticking. I I'm sticking with them dudes are drinking mai tais on the Phelan Island. Playing volleyball. Playing volleyball and banging each other, you know. <laughs> Slip. In, in all honesty, though, like, okay, you really think that they they made a they made a pitch and they got out? Right. Now I mean it. What's what's your honest opinion of what happened? I think it was. Uh, I think it was an. I think they. I think they both. Uh, Accidentally fell off the ship. 
I'm going to go the other way. I kind of think that maybe they're spies. Okay. That's... Because, you know, it's really the only thing that makes sense. Um, and I know nobody saw them go into the ocean, but people did see them drop their ballast. And there was a report that there was three people on the ship at one point. I don't know why you would have to bring a person on the ship if you were a spy. I don't know what you could have given them. Um, but at that point in the war, we were not winning. Hmm. We were actually getting our ass kicked at that point. Yeah. Um, and maybe at this moment, what good would it do to say that they were spies? Right. It's the only thing that really makes sense. I can't. I can't see that they just fell out. The, there's too many people around. But and it just the spy thing was just so hard for me because of how they got assigned to this ship. It would be just a great coincidence that two guys were like, "I can't believe we're on the same ship together and we're spies," and they like high five and go. No, they wouldn't. It would it'd be, it'd be, it'd be. It's just really weird, especially with how. Like we were talking how Lieutenant Cody got promoted for doing that maneuver. And this was basically his first time as a, as a officer on a ship. There Just, weren't, a, okay. Okay. There weren't a whole lot of blip pilots though. There's yeah, only, I like I saw a picture of the whole fleet. I don't think that's changed. It's 12. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. And I think on this one, there's only four <laughs> that flew the L8. Yeah. That specifically looked for Japanese submarines. <sighs> right. It just, I mean, what else makes sense? I mean, I guess you could say that they fell off, but there were so many people around. Yeah. And then the, and the, a lot of people spotted them over land. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's one of those things where you're relying on uh, a fishing crew to tell you if they fell off or not. But they have binoculars. You know, they have... Those guys are trained to... You know, they're looking for distress. Right. So you got guys with binoculars. I mean, this isn't Titanic. It's, but if you're 30 feet off the water and, like you're saying, you got all them swells, you're even closer, basically, when the wave's swelling. And... If you fall off, that could be an instant. And it all it would take is somebody to look away for a second and miss the two guys going overboard. Okay, I'll give you that. And that's, I'll that's give you that. How much how much weight is that? It's on? cold. The Pacific's cold. Very cold. And shark filled. It's so, probably fit you're talking 50, 60 degree water out there. Right. And and then and then you gotta imagine you know, like we were saying, they probably didn't weigh too much. Those guys were probably about right. like fifty a piece, <laughs> right. most of it in their head. And they they but that's still that's still about the size of one of them depth charges. And when that depth charge fell off you know, But that but then what you're saying is that then what you're saying is they were basically the ballast. Yep. Okay, and that's what caused it to go, but then people saw them in the ship over over land and yeah. I and I know okay so you would have to yeah but then that would be like a home alone situation I don't know man I'm at a loss 
Now, you, now, if you go look at that, if that <laughs> is the photo with the bent ship, right? It's there's nobody in it. It 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 that doesn't look like there's anybody in it. Now there's you can see something, but it looks like a more like a control stuff, something from the, the controls, not on not the bent the bent ship picture. Yeah, it, to my to my eyes, and I'm I'm not trained at looking at blimps. <laughs> there, there's nobody in it, right? Um, is anybody trained to look at blimps? Yeah, I'm not at all. <laughs> it's like the blimp pilot count. I think it's stagnant. Right, it's right. <laughs> they're still on. They're still on duty. Yeah, those were the last. They're dying off. I don't know. Well, you know, there's only there's only like there's not a lot of blimps. It's like twelve or fifteen in the world. Right. Right. Yeah. I remember when I worked at Outback Steakhouse, they said, uh, we're the only uh, restaurant with a blimp. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Flex it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. All right. So at the end, we get nowhere. These guys. I got nothing. I got nothing. I was leaning towards the spy thing. Um, I don't think they're gay lovers. That's my my number two. That's my number two. They probably fell off. But they, they started the, the, the trend in San Francisco. It doesn't seem like, too, once you get up that high, like, there's no reason to be AWOL. You can you can get decommissioned in a million different ways if you're that high. If right. you are somebody that is like, that train, you could say, you know what, man? Sometimes at night I hear voices, and they're like, yeah, you don't fly anymore. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it's real easy. <laughs> It's real easy to get out of your duty if you don't want to do that and you're that high. Like, because they don't want to risk you handling materials that are, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in research and development because you're crazy. Yeah. Just put on a dress. Right. 1942. You'll be out quick. So I got nothing. It's very incomplete. I I hate that it's incomplete. Um, If I was going to lend, I was going to pick anyone, I would say. The only thing that makes sense is they were spies because that's the only way you'd never hear about them again. It's the only way they'd probably go live on the countryside in Japan and nobody right. would ever know. Yeah. Really, I mean, I mean it. I don't know what else. Um, I don't know what else would make sense. There, it, the Germans were involved, so they couldn't assimilate. And they like could still be gay lovers and spies. I could be right, and you could be right. Maybe they're geishas. They, they they just lived their days out in Japan in the little rice wall hut. And, uh, and I, I, just, at, at night I just, he'd put on white paint on his face and do a little fan dance for <laughs> his commanding officer. Yeah. You know, the younger one or the older one? Well, the younger ones. The younger ones. The commanding officer. They switch. They yeah. switch. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now you're the blimp pilot. <laughs> no, I'm the first officer. <laughs> you kick that depth charge into my submarine. All right. Uh, okay, so that's it. That's all we got. So next time, um, we'll try to have a better conclusion. <laughs> but I, I'm out of it. I got nothing. I think this is a mystery. And it's been, I mean, the Navy does too. I found nothing on these guys anywhere else. 
Um, and that's it. God, how many people are we going to piss off with these? I know. Not coming to a conclusion at the end we, of it. We got to have one coming soon. But, I mean, this one truly is a mystery. It's something that, I like I, Like I said, I never looked into it before. And when I did, um, I was pretty amazed. And this is one of those stories that I wish I had an answer to. I feel like the last one we did, I felt pretty confident having an answer for that. And this one... I, I really am at a loss. I, I have nothing. I, I think in any any explanation, there should have been some sort of checks and balances where somebody should have said either that's what happened or here's where they are mm-hmm. or some sort of evidence was found and nothing was. Yep. And that's why I ended up on this podcast. Yep. Weird as shit. <laughs> so I am Anthony. And I'm Brandon. And this is everything that's weird.